0: I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now. When it comes to the classic sitcom I Love Lucy, it's usually Lucy Ball and husband Desi Arnaz as Lucy and Ricky Ricardo that come to mind. But in truth, just as important to the show, were their on-screen best friends Ethel and Fred Mertz, as played by Vivian Vance and William Farley. And especially Ethel, who became Lucy's comrade in schemes from episode to episode. In fact, Vivian is such an important part of the show that it's surprising she doesn't get more attention than she does. In this episode of the podcast, we're hoping to remedy that by charting to Jeffrey Mark, one of the world's foremost experts on the subject of, well, it seems like just about anything Hollywood-related. He's also the author of The Lucy Book, a complete guide to her five decades on television, which is currently being updated. I think of I Love Lucy. Of course, I think of Lucy. I think of Ricky. I mean, I think of all four of them. But Vivian Vance somehow never seems to enter the spotlight in, in a big way, at least from my observations. What is it about Vivian that people, if there is anything, that they would be surprised to know about her?
1: I think Vivian is a mystery to most of the I Love Lucy fans. Uh, her, her, her early background is mysterious. Not because you can't find these things out if you don't look for them, but people don't look for them. Right. Uh, she was born Vivian Jones. She was born uh, in Cherryvale, Kansas, and hated it there, and found it very repressive, and found her family very repressive. And they moved her to Albuquerque, New Mexico, when she was a teenager. And the local people there, the local uh, theater people there, saw her talent, and she began to perform. And they, as a group, sent Vivian Vance to New York. Really? Which is why on the the I Love Lucy show, they always refer to Ethel Merce coming from Albuquerque. Uh, Vivian wasn't born there, but that's where her heart was.
0: Huh. Why would they send her Albuquerque? Why would they send her? Because they
1: felt she had so much talent. Wow. And that there was nothing for her in Albuquerque to do, that she deserved to go where her talent could be recognized. And it was. uh, Very early. Uh, She was in her very early 20s. Vivian uh, first got noticed in nightclubs singing Japanese Sandman. And she got noticed they were making a film version of an Ethel Merman musical called Take a Chance. And the big song from Take a Chance was a slightly naughty number called Edie Was a Lady. Merman didn't get to do the movie. But the song is about a madam and her ladies who are singing about a deceased brothel prostitute. Wow, that's the song. Okay, it's it's naughty in the subject matter. As a song, it only has one funny line in it, and it's almost spoken, not sung. Now Edie could get plastered and call a guy a scoundrel because they couldn't say bastard out. Loud. Right, right. And Vivian got cast in the film as one of the girls. But the one line, the line of the song, which makes the whole thing worthwhile, went to Vivian. And she was seen in that. And then in 1934, when they were casting Anything Goes, which was written for the the comedy team of Gaxton and Moore and for Ethel Merman, Mm. Vivian Vance became Ethel Merman's understudy. Wow. And in fact, went on for her, singing those classic, you're the top, anything goes, I get a kick out of you, blow Gabriel, blow songs.
0: Wow, nobody would know that. (laughs) And
1: Merman liked her so much that she considered Vivian to be a protege of hers. And in 1936, when she did Red Hot and Blue with Bob Hope, Merman was again her understudy because she liked Vivian. They became good buddies. And that led to Vivian eventually becoming a star of her own right on the Broadway stage in musicals. And uh, she and Danny Kenny Varden were the stars of a big hit musical. And then she did a, a, a play where she played a bitch called Voice of the Turtle. And while on the run of that play, Vivian had a nervous breakdown. Really? Now, the nervous breakdown comes from a father who repressed her and made her afraid of men. And these both come from Vivian. This is is not me being witty. This is from Viv. Uh, She only married gay men. And she said, I was so afraid of men. I spent my entire life hiding underneath them. (laughs) All right. And uh, she stopped performing because of her breakdown. And in 1950, started to work again. And she was doing regional theater to get her feet wet. She'd made two little movies. She played two little bit parts, small parts, uh, in films in Hollywood. And then she was doing The Voice of the turtle. In La Jolla. Now, people loved Vivian. I mean, it wasn't just Ethel Merman who loved her. Cole Porter loved her. Eve Arden loved her. Helen Hayes loved her. I mean, people really liked her. Right. And Mark Daniels, who was the original director of I Love Lucy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, of course, how how you weave this into your story, the pilot of I Love Lucy did not contain Fred and Ethel. So when I Love Lucy was sold to Philip Morris cigarettes, there was no Fred and Ethel. I Love Lucy is a derivative created by Jess Oppenheimer, who had been the head writer on Miss Ball's hit radio show, My Favorite Husband, which is very similar to I Love Lucy. And about two dozen of the I Love Lucy plots are rewritten stories from the radio show. When they wanted to take the radio show to television, Miss, it was Miss Ball who said, I want Desi to play my husband. I want a reason to do this because it was actually a come down financially for her. She had a thriving movie career, despite what people say, and a hit radio show. Why would you give that up? Right. Except for her personal happiness. She had wanted Gail Gordon and B. Bennett Benaderet to play the older couple because they played it on the radio show. Gail was too expensive for them because he was making a fortune on radio. He was on three or four programs a week, making wow. thousands of dollars. And B. Bennett Darrett was already signed to the George Burns and Gracie Allen show live, so she wouldn't be available for rehearsals. So when they decided the show sold, that they needed a Fred and Ethel, it was the hardest things for them to do. The hundred other people they needed to make the show happen, they got them. They went and got the best and did it. But they couldn't find a good Fred and Ethel. Mark Daniels knew Vivian from New York. And he said to Jess Oppenheimer and to Desi, I have this woman I think would be great to play Ethel. She's playing in in La Jolla, which is just outside of San Diego. L-A-G-O-L-L-A. Right. Let's go see her. So Jesse and Des and Mark Daniels took the ride to see her. Lucy, Miss Ball didn't go because she just had her baby and was home getting over having the cesarean section. And they hired Miss Vance in the intermission. They thought she was so wonderful. Wow. So they show up the first day of rehearsal, and uh, Desi is already there. Bill Frawley is already there. And Vivian shows up and greets Desi and gives him a kiss and says, who's that old coot sitting over there? (laughs) And Desi says, oh, Dustin is going to play your husband, honey. <laughs> and she said, husband, he can play my grandfather. Oh, Jesus. Well, Bill Foley heard this and hated her for the rest of his life. Wow. So all of the comments in I Love Lucy, the, the dissension between Fred and Ethel, the writers saw how much he disliked her and just wrote it into the show. The writers didn't know when Bill Frawley and Vivian Vance were hired that Bill had been a big vaudeville song and dance man, and that Vivian had been a musical comedy star. So once they found out that these people could sing and dance, they wrote it into the shows to give them a chance to perform. Right. And the reason Vivian is so good as Ethel Mertz is the same reason Lucille Ball is so good as Lucy Ricardo. They weren't stand-up comedians. They were tremendous actresses who knew how to play comedy and they knew how to play farce because on I Love Lucy, things happen that shouldn't happen. Yet Lucy and Ethel get the audience to believe that what couldn't possibly be really happening is happening. Right. For instance, Lucy puts too much yeast into a batter for a a bread. Right. Okay? You've seen the episode. Of course. You've seen their kitchen. Yeah. And they bake it. And somehow when she opens the door, the loaf of bread is three times as long as the oven is long. (laughs) Right. And the shelf Holding the bread up is three times deeper than the oven actually is. Well, that doesn't happen in real life. But Lucille and Vivian so believe what is happening in front of them. It's called this. Oh, golly, I'm losing a word. To
0: spending your disbelief.
1: Suspending suspension of disbelief.
0: Right.
1: They were so good at suspending disbelief that we as the audience went along with them. We believed that the two of them on roller skates with shopping carts could deliver homemade salad dressing on the third floor of a tenement building with steps with no elevator. (laughs) And yet somehow they could deliver those things all over New York City. We believed that. We believed that Lucille, Lucy the character, is punishing her husband for thinking she's crazy and has an elephant in the bedroom that we, and you know what? Of course she does. Why wouldn't she? Because the actresses, (laughs) it isn't just wonderful writing. It is wonderful writing, but two lesser lights, you would not believe these things are happening. Yeah. That's how good, that's why Vivian was so good at what she did. She wasn't Ethel Mertz. She wasn't anything like Ethel Mertz. In fact, Miss Ball didn't want her. Everybody had met her except Miss Ball. And Miss Ball made an entrance first day of rehearsal. And she walks over to Vivian and says, oh dear, what are you here to read for? (laughs) And Vivian said, what do you mean read for? I've been hired. She said, you have? Who are you playing? Ethel Mertz. And Miss Ball said, you can't play Ethel Mertz. And Vivian said, why not? She said, because you're, you're, you're my age. You have the same color hair I do. You have an attractive figure. You're pretty. And Vivian was smart. She said, "Miss Ball, what does Ethel Mertz look like? She said, oh, she's overweight, and she has bleached blonde hair with a frizzy, um, permanent, and dark roots, and she wears tacky clothes. She said, look, it's Monday. I can't give you that for Friday, but next Friday I can give you that. Right. And they shot the first episode. And if you watched, the episodes were not shown in order of production. okay. So they, they showed this episode four or five in. And if you watched that episode, Vivian has a beautiful figure and her hair is red like Lucy's. And she doesn't look like Ethel Notes. <laughs> she, Vivian went to the trouble of driving out to Santa Barbara where she knew a really good hairstylist stylist who'd moved there. And the hairstylist bleached her hair out brassy, light, light, light blonde, yellow blonde, and left in some dark roots and over permed her hair. She went to a store and bought her bra, her panties, her stockings, her dress, her shoes, a size too small. So no matter what weight she actually was, the clothing would look dumpy on her and no girdle, which every woman wore back then, including this ball. So no girdle, no foundation, garment panties that are too tight bra that's too tight. Even the shoes a little too small so that her walk would be clunky. She wore no false eyelashes. She wore only the makeup necessary for the camera to capture her face properly, but nothing to contour her face or give her a cheekbones or Just mascara, lipstick, and a base. And she gave Miss Ball Ethel Mertz, and by body language, by the way she moved, she made Ethel look clunky. Miss Vance, when she wasn't playing Ethel, was in fact a very sexy woman. But she was willing to look the fool. She was willing to give what the show needs to succeed. Right. And she went to therapy every morning, five days a week, before coming into the set to work. Her head Mm -hmm. could be in the right place and she could focus on the work in front of her and kick the crap from from Bill Right, Miss Ball, it took Miss Ball a while. It wasn't instantaneous. It took her several months to realize what she had with Vivian, which is why as time goes by, the Ethel Mertz character gets more and more prominent because she realized that as good as she and Nessie were together, actually the better team was Lucy and Ethel, Lucy and Vivian, Lucille and Vivian. I always say Miss Ball or Lucille to differentiate from the Lucy character because Miss Ball was no more like Lucy Ricardo than Vivian was like Ethel Mertz. Right. I mean, nothing like her at all. Uh, So we have that. The show, Goes at six seasons. It goes into three years of hour long episodes that most people don't realize exist. Right. And they wanted to make a spin off, Fred and Ethel. And Vivian wouldn't do it. She wouldn't tie herself to Bill Frawley like that. She didn't need the money. And she'd become quite famous as Ethel Mertz. Uh, When Lucille divorced Desi, Vivian divorced Phil Ober, her husband at the moment. Right. When Lucille married Gary Morton, it married John Dodds, who was a book editor for a publishing company.
0: Why time it that uh, way? I mean, that why is that?
1: Uh, I cannot believe they purposely, maybe the closest of the two ladies, one influenced the other, mm. but I don't think they planned it. Okay. Just one of them said to the other, or one of them thought to the other, if she's got the guts to get rid of somebody who's not good for her, so do I, right. perhaps. Their reasons for divorcing were very different. Uh, Vivian was not in love with Phil Ober. Lucille was in love with Desi Arnaz. Right. And they remained friends the rest of their lives. Vivian and Phil Ober did not. 1962 rolls around. Vivian's been doing a lot of television in New York. And Lucille comes to her with a script. She comes to New York. Vivian had moved to Connecticut and had settled there and was working uh, in charity for the local mental health foundation. Wow. And was, I was happy to be doing that. And I think Vivian was looking for a return to the stage to take her celebrity and get back on the stage. Right. Uh, Lucille shows up one day with a script in her purse and Vivian says, don't even take it out. I'm not doing this again. And Lucille said, Vivian, I can't do this without you. And Vivian's provisos were all right. They had to pay for her to come out to California and pay her expenses. She didn't move back. And the next show, the Lucy show, Vivian plays a character named Vivian, not Ethel Mertz, who has a modern hairstyle and modern hair color and can wear whatever clothes she wants. And she plays television's first divorcee.
0: Wow. I didn't realize that.
1: And while the Lucy character, Lucy Carmichael, is very similar. God bless you, sir. My assistant just sneezed. Very similar to, hey, I, I polite to everybody. Uh, That's good. Lucy, Lucy Ricardo and Lucy Carmichael may not have been the same person, but they were sisters or cousins. Uh, Vivian Bagley is nothing like Ethel Merce. Right. She's much smarter. She's much more secure. She's much more confident. She's got a boyfriend. Uh, she's nobody's fool. Uh, she doesn't suffer quite as much with Miss Ball's antics. She puts more of a fight. And uh, they had very, three very successful seasons. And Miss, Miss Vance got, got knifed in the back. And not by Miss Ball. Okay, When they did the Lucy show and started it, Desi Arnaz was still in charge of Desi Lu Productions. About six months into it, Miss Ball bought him out. When Desi left, Miss Ball had two or three men inside of Desi Lu Productions take over what Desi had been doing. And one of the things these men did was say, Vivian Vance's agent is asking for too much money. Vivian Vance's agent is asking that Vivian have more control over her character. Vivian Vance, what they said to her was basically Vivian Vance's agent is asking that she become your equal, which wasn't the truth, but that's what they sold Miss Ball. Now Vivian did want script input. She'd been there for 14 years. It's like, you know, guys, I know what I'm doing here. I know this character, right? Let me you know, clue you in on what she will and won't do since the character is consistent. It was all about the work. Vivian Vance started off on I Love Lucy at $250 a week. Right. Considering what she gave up financially, whatever she was asking for in the 60s, she was worth. Yeah. She was asking for what everybody else on television who was a co-star on a show was getting. She wasn't asking for the moon. Right. So Miss Ball turned her down and Vivian left the show.
0: And they don't even have a conversation. That's what blows my mind.
1: Because it was all financial negotiations in show business are done through agents. Yeah. yeah and executives. True yeah. The talent never speaks for itself. So there was two things that happened. Miss Ball wanted to end the show. So I got three years of shows. I made my money. I don't need more money.
0: Right.
1: And I don't know if this is germane to our conversation, but the man who had been her camera coordinator all the years of On the Lucy came to her and said, "What if we move Lucy Carmichael to Hollywood and have her be involved with the Sunset Strip and the the new young things? Let's make her younger and hip." and give her hipper clothing and get her out of the house and give her a job and have her driving around in a car and, you know, and that's what they did. They moved the the whole premise of the show to California, got rid of Vivian and all of the children on the show were written out, but they moved Mr. Mooney with her Mm -hmm. and the show became about stupid Lucy Carmichael and her overbearing boss. And it worked. It wasn't as good a show. But it worked because, I say it worked, she was in my top five of the ratings the whole time the show was on. So obviously, whatever they were doing, creatively, I don't agree with it, but it worked.
0: People were watching it.
1: And it took about a year for the hurts to heal, and Vivian came back as a guest star and continued to be a guest star on all the shows she did through the years. Uh, The friendship survived uh, because they loved one another. And I think they both realized ooh, we let these men put a wedge between us that never should have been there. Yeah. The men who did this didn't care about the quality of the show. And they cared about the bottom line. And their vision for Desilu was it was no longer going to be a sitcom factory. It was going to be a dramatic show factory. And indeed, Mannix and Mission Impossible Star, and Star Trek, Star Trek yeah. were the next things produced. So... They weren't wrong in the direction they were taking it. In this particular case, they were very wrong. If Desi had been there, this would never have happened. Right. Vivian tried to get a movie career going after she and Lucille parted ways. She made The Great Race. and She had a prominent part in that. But it didn't go anywhere for her. She didn't make a mark. Uh, She tried to do Broadway. She she was literally in rehearsal for a show. It never got on the boards. She did summer stock. She did reunions with Lucille. She did game shows. Um, she did do a love American style. She did do an episode of Rhoda is that they wanted to make her a regular on Rhoda because the episode that she did playing one of Rhoda's neighbors, she wasn't being Ethel Mertz, but she was damn funny. Right because she was standing up to Rhoda's mother on Rhoda's behalf. And it gave well, her a new dimension. A friend of Rhoda's who's putting Rhoda's mother down. We can go places with this. But Vivian was too sick. Vivian, unfortunately, in the early 70s, uh, had cancer.
0: Wow. Okay. And
1: then developed, she, and she conquered it for a while. And then she developed Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy, Bell's palsy, Bell's palsy on her face. In 19 off the top of my head, I want to say 77, but I need to look it up myself. Miss Ball did a television special called Lucy Calls the President. Right. And it was the last hurrah, really, of what she did do that later series. This is the last good Lucy character show. Right. And they brought Vivian on as Viv, her next door neighbor. And it was one of the saddest shoots Miss Ball ever did because A, her mother had just died. This is the first time since 1951 her mother was not in the audience when she was doing one of her shows. And B, during the week, they found out that Vivian had cancer that had returned and she wasn't going to make it. And while they're filming it, the Bell's Palsy shows... uh, comes and goes during the scenes. So some part of her face is drooping a little bit while she's speaking. Right. Um, But they shot the show. And there exists footage, not of how the show was shot, but from the other angles, because they used three cameras. Right. And you can see the lengths they had to go to to make Vivian look good. Scenes that had to get reshot, either because Miss Ball was emotionally upset or Vivian was a little off key, so to speak. Uh, in her performance, right, uh, and that was the last thing Vivian did. Um, she retired to San Francisco to be near her sister, and uh, Lucille Ball's hairstylist, Irma Coosley, Vivian called her and said, look, you know the color of my hair, you know how I like to wear my hair, the radiation, the chemo, could you please send me wigs? Right. Would you do that for me? And she sent Irma money, and by the time the wigs were made, Vivian was already gone. Oh, wow. And she suffered. She suffered mightily, physically. And she suffered emotionally because John Dodds, like her other husband, was gay and he would be gone. And she'd call, for, where is he? Where, where is he? He was in gay bars looking to get right. what he wanted.
0: At the beginning of the conversation, you brought up a good point. You said that people don't ask about Vivian. They don't look at Vivian. It shocks me in the sense of when you think of I Love Lucy, yes, it's Lucy and Desi or Lucy and Ricky. But it's also very much Lucy and Ethel. So I'm very surprised, and, and I and I know it myself because that's why I'm doing this piece in the first place, that there isn't more interest in her, or there hasn't been more interest in her.
1: Let me go back to the beginning of my time in show business. And yes, I'm being a little prejudiced here because I'm going to talk about my, my late husband. Okay. When we When we first met, I was 14 and he was 17. And we were together watching an episode of I Love Lucy. Okay. And he was my mentor. He was already in professional show business. He saw my talent and he was beginning to train me. And he said, yeah, I know you love Lucy and you think Desi's very good at what he does and very handsome, but you want to learn something? Watch Vivian Vance and Bill Frawley. Watch with these two people whose parts are not as large and who aren't playing perhaps some sort of version of themselves. Look at what they're doing. Look at the talent they're bringing to the table, especially Vivian. Look at the character she has created there. Look how consistent her character is from episode to episode to episode. He's the one who had me looking at them to learn about creating a character it isn't that the Arnezes didn't create characters just as well, but more often than not, supporting players are one-note sambas.
0: Right. They're, they're
1: one-note. Right. They don't have any dimensions because usually their parts either aren't large enough or the writers don't give them enough to play with. Vivian, which is what a great actor does, Every word that came out of her mouth, you really believed she was saying it for the first time. Right. And when she talked about her dissatisfaction with her husband, you could almost imagine what life must have been like for her without Lucy and Ricky making it more pleasant. That's why she's always there to get away from Fred. Yeah. And you didn't even have to have the episodes written to show it. You just knew from the way she said her lines, her body language. Yes, the lines were there. Great writing. Brilliant writers. And brilliant directors helping the actors do their best. It's it's the perfect storm. Great writing, great directing, great acting. But Vivian really, she brought... you. You knew how much she loved Lucy? Ethel adored Lucy so much because Lucy rescued her from... A dull, unhappy life. (laughs) So she was totally devoted. Right. And Fred was probably grateful for it. And he really liked Ricky. Ricky was a man's man, and Fred thought himself to be a man's man. Right. And uh, wanted to help them, wanted to help them be happier than they were, as did Ethel. So there's all these levels that can only be brought forward by great acting. Yeah. And that's what Vivian Vance brought to the role. She doesn't waste a word watch her have a cup of coffee watch her put a donut in her mouth watch her take a bite of a huge donut chomping on it has a line coming up and you see the actress can't get the line out she just puts her hand in her mouth and pulls the donut out and talks right now a different character would never do that it worked for Ethel Mertz.
0: yeah it, it's just amazing to me how much Vivian had to overcome in the sense of the damage her father did to her, as you brought up earlier, being married to gay men as a result of all the insecurities she had and all, and, and, all. Uh, and then having success, but not then not being able to work and overwhelmed and all. It, just, it seems like such incredible odds to have to overcome continuously, not just once, but like throughout her life, it seems like there's a lot of things that had to be overcome. I'm gonna give you a secret to life.
1: <laughs> All right, I'm right, I don't think, I don't think Ed, there is a one of us that if we were gonna be completely honest about what our lives have been, we can't say the same thing about everybody else. Vivian's life. When when you go public, when you live, when you're in the public eye. Now I'm not nearly as much in the public eye. Obviously, right. I'm not. I'm not an iconic television character. But I'm pretty well known at this. Point. I'm a. Cele- I'm not a star, but I'm a celebrity. Okay. Sure. I can't lie about my age. Right. No. And uh, since my husband's death in January, I've been on television and radio, and I think even you guys wrote about his death. Um, it's public fodder, so everybody gets to pick it apart. Right. Private people can lie. Private people can uh, cover up the hardships. Sure. How many times have you heard someone say, oh, their life is, how come their life is so easy? Well, the answer is their life is not so easy. Right. Give them some sodium pentothal and ask them what their life is really like, and you're going to hear, maybe your problem is health, Well, their problem is money, or infidelity, or lousy kids, or a series of rejections professionally, or fill in the blank, Vivian, had hard knocks, so did Miss Ball, so did Mr. Arnez, so did Mr. Frawley. What's exceptional about Vivian is not that she had the hard knocks, not that she was a victim, but look what she did to overcome them.
0: Right.
1: In 19 what year? 76, Miss Ball was celebrating her 25th year on television. And back then, variety, it was the thing for professionals to take out ads. About other people oh, yeah. they admired, okay, so in the issue devoted to Miss Ball's 25th anniversary on television, this was Vivian Vance's ad, "Dear Lucy, you made me what I am today, and I'm satisfied." Hmm. Love Viv, right? And she meant it. Yeah. She'd been a Broadway star. She had risen from chorus girl-ish. I don't know she was ever really a chorus girl. But from small little parts and itty bitty nightclubs to being the understudy for the biggest star on Broadway—that's no small thing. No, not at all. Being a Broadway star herself, then being for 14 years one of the biggest stars on television, recognizable around the world. Remember, if Lucille Ball's face, and this is proven fact—the most see- most seen visage. More people have seen the face of Lucille Ball in history than any other face in history because of the constant reruns of all of her old movies and all of her various television series and specials and game shows and talk shows. Right. Just more people have. Well, but that also means that to some degree, Desi Arnaz, Bill Frawley and Vivian Vance, have also been seen by a tremendous amount of people in 80 countries over the course of almost 70 years.
0: Right. That's a huge legacy. Absolutely.
1: And she is a large part of why we love I Love Lucy so much. And why we, I, I say this in the book, and I said it in the uh, television documentary that I wrote and produced. I Love Lucy is like comfort food. Whatever is going on in our lives on any given day, we can turn on I Love Lucy and we will find in 26 minutes laughter, love, acceptance, and a solution to problems. Right. That never happens in real life. No. But I Love Lucy has become like a box of Oreo cookies or a really good pizza or a quart of your favorite ice cream. It's comfort. Yes. Yeah. It is familiar, and they take us into their special world that never existed. So we get to live there and laugh and love and be accepted just like they are with all of their faults. Every character there has major faults. Every character on I Love Lucy takes a turn at being a jerk. Yep. And they're loved and forgiven anyway. Yeah. Now, most of us once in a while are jerks, even if we don't know it. And many of us don't get loved and accepted anyway. Very true. So Vivian was a part of that. She brought heart to the show. Her devotion, Esau Merz's devotion to Lucy Ricardo is amazing. Yeah. It takes a special actress to do that. I'll, I'll give you a parallel. All in the family. About as groundbreaking as I Love Lucy was in It's Time right. for television. Sure. Wonderful writing. I know many of the writers. Wonderful direction. I know many of the directors who did it. Superb acting. But Gene Stapleton as Edith was the heart of
0: the oh, show. Oh, yeah. No question. She, she made the
1: other characters acceptable because she accepted them. And she was so wonderful. The character. She wasn't smart. But wouldn't you love to have an Edith Bunker in your life?
0: Absolutely. Who was that
1: loving and supportive. Okay. That's what Vivian did for the show. Everybody would love to have an Ethel merch as a friend.
0: We hope that as much as you love Lucy, you'll give a little more loving to Ethel and Vivian Vance as well. While you're at it, please subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about it, and give us a five-star review. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.